Yeah, so FC 4.3 is the brand new FIFA. Um, it's not an official ISO standard yet, but should be in the next week. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's roll. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Beam Voice. Today, we have the chance to talk again to Leila Cesarbekovic. Oh, my God. Cesarbekovic? No. Cesarbekovic. Yeah. Leila Sesserbekovic from Beam Me Up. It's been a while since the last time when we had like three-way interview, should we call it maybe, with Dion. What have you been doing lately? First of all, thanks for having me. Great to, to have a chat with you again. Yeah, what have I been doing lately? So as you might have noticed if you are following my YouTube channel, I... I didn't do too many videos lately because somehow I'm struggling with my schedule and, you know, the YouTube and blogs and so on are the first thing that somehow fall off the table. And we talked about it before we started this recording. Actually, it's a shame we shouldn't do that because it's something I really like doing. I enjoy doing, but somehow the time flies. And when you have a lot of things to do, then somehow it's the first thing uh, you say, okay, maybe next week next week, next week, and then the next week turns into next month and so on. Yeah, especially when you want to make it perfect, you know, you just need to press record more often. <laughs> How do you do things without making them perfect? You know, it's difficult. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> there have been so many new developments also around IFC 4.3 in Revit and Civil. So I was also busy with getting a little bit familiar with Civil in order to be able to understand the IFC export and the whole IFC 4.3, the topics, which is super uh, exciting and interesting. But for an architect as me, it's, you know, like, ooh, Civil still scares me. <laughs> I'm a rabbit user, you know, and Cyril is just... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but very briefly, uh, you said that you are an architect. For uh, who did not hear about you before, uh, can you say a few words about yourself and what you do today? Yeah, so I studied architecture in Vienna and uh, I also worked for almost 10 years as an architect. I really loved my job, but I was always the person who loved to play around with software, find out new things about visualization, Photoshop, every software workflow there was. And then um, I got into the project management and uh, site provision, and there was less and less software to play around with. So I looked for something new for the new topics and uh, I found uh, um, the BIM itself back in 2010, I think, or a little bit earlier. And then I started um, researching about BIM. That's where I started the blog, the BIM Me Up. Um, I just shared, you know, some basic infos and what I learned about BIM and why I think it is the future and also about Revit. So Revit was the software which I used for my work. That's why basically I started off with Revit and Revit tips and um, yeah, then I moved to a construction company where I was a Revit and BIM specialist and there I got a lot of IFC questions because we obviously we were not only using Revit but also a lot of other software. I was basically responsible for answering every question about Revit and IFC and uh, it was a hard time. 
but I learned a lot. And after three years there, I moved to the, um, the Autodesk. And at Autodesk, I'm basically a BIM specialist presenting various um, software workflows around Revit and other products from Autodesk. And um, the IFC and OpenBIM somehow became my main topic because I was just um, already working with it uh, and as I joined the Autodesk I, I just said hey guys nobody gets it why don't we get uh, why don't we make a Revit IFC manual and that's how it all started and um, they said sure do it find someone to do it <laughs> and then we um, I started with some other IFC specialists who also um, contributed um, some parts of the IFC manual and then um, we also have a second version of the Revit IFC manual now and what I'm actually doing now is I'm trying to port everything to an online version because the Revit IFC manual is now a PDF document in 10 different languages and it's super difficult to update it. Our goal is now to move it to the web to make it a living document and um, to have it available online for everyone and to be able to update it as, as soon as we have some new stuff because there's been a lot of new stuff uh, happening at, around Revit and IFC and now also with Civil and IFC and so on. That's a good initiative. Uh, this uh, this stuff should be online and easy accessible. I think that would help a lot of people to become more confident uh, in um, in trying to export to IC. So yeah, you do that. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start your YouTube channel? My YouTube channel, I started it, I think, two years ago during COVID. I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, um, I'm blogging since um, a long time and somehow I thought, come on, um, I'm really struggling in front of the camera. So the lockdowns and the online meetings and so on made me realize that I really don't feel comfortable in front of the camera. And in addition, I also kept getting the same questions over and over again. And even if I said, hey, I wrote this uh, blog post, uh, you find it on this page in the IFC manual. I noticed that people are somehow not really reading. And the colleague told me, look, the new generations nowadays, they are not used to read too much. You know, if you have a long blog post, they won't read it, do videos and come on, why? And that's why I started and I thought, okay, let's create some basic videos about IFC where I just explain what I'm explaining every day <laughs> or almost every day in a kind of a fun way or in, in an easy way. Because I think, you know, there are topics which are often explained in a too complicated and scientific way. Because you as, as a user, you don't need to know too much about the IFC schema and what's happening in the background, you know? That's the main issue, yeah. Yeah, and I think it, it's, it took me around three or four months and um, four takes or something like that uh, before I was able to release the first video because I never found it was good <laughs> enough. <laughs> so if you if you are wondering why I'm not creating more videos, it's, it's because it really takes me quite a long time. But as we discussed also before, my goal is uh, yeah to 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 do a little bit more and maybe to be uh, less of a perfectionist. But just you know, we are all humans. We do mistakes. Sometimes we don't say every, everything in a perfect way or, you know, but I don't think that's what really matters. <laughs> you are right. You should focus on the simple underlying principle here, which is conveying information. That is the most important. 
I think uh, that is the thing that uh, most of the people uh, following uh, your channels, uh, blog or YouTube channel, uh, would appreciate. So uh, don't let this uh, small, uh, like, um, I don't know, issues, uh, not believing that uh, the product is ready to go out. Just press record, you know. Uh, remember this. I, I used to go through the same, like, uh, sell doubts as well. It took me, you know, I think first time I was thinking to launch a podcast about Bimi, it was around 2015 and I launched it in 2020. So um, I know how it is uh, and it took me more than 200 videos to get comfortable doing them but you don't get better unless you repeat, you know. Just press record and uh, ship out things. People who will appreciate the information you deliver. That's the most important. And you know, also what we talked before, I think it's really when you start to edit your own videos, then you see yourself and it's not always comfortable. So I'm really not comfortable with watching my own footage and listening to my own voice. So maybe it's really good to, to have someone else to edit your video. <laughs> My voice is the, or the worst. Yes, and like I said, uh, like I told you, I'm I'm trying to get some help, uh, trying to find a video editor. Just, but not because of this right now, but just to to have more time to make more material, you know. Uh, then, uh, but that's that's also good uh, to focus on. Yeah, because yeah, like like nine people out of ten will uh, say that uh, they hate their voice uh, when they listen to it uh, to re to a recording, you know. Uh, but uh, it it's uh, it's uh, human nature. We we just need to. Uh, not let that uh, stop us from conveying, from from putting out information, because there are people who appreciate it actually. Uh, and uh, yeah, I uh, I get messages, and uh, I'm very very happy. Like if I uh, if I help one per one person with what I do, I'm happy. Uh, if it happens to be more, I'm even happier. And uh, yeah, I think that's the most important part. And uh, uh, like um, proof for that is like. Uh, the, the these platforms are growing like more people are uh, are uh, are using these materials right so why not uh, do it more do it uh, but uh, uh, regarding the the your blog is just a blog or do you have also a newsletter which is published as a blog no actually i only have the blog and i've been disregarding it a little bit since i'm with the autodesk because at autodesk we also have our blog the BIM blog in German, where me and our team are regularly sharing a blog post. So I don't really get a lot of chances, you know, yeah. uh, to post on the BIM app blog. But I'm actually planning, you know, maybe to go back uh, to the English. You know, I, I did blog in English in between. I started yeah. in German, then I did a little bit of in English, then I started again, switched to German. And um, I thought, you know, by switching to English, maybe it will be more accessible for everyone and simply easier. I, I mean, nowadays, it doesn't matter in which language you blog, right? Because every uh, web browser can translate it anyway, and it's getting really good. I sometimes get uh, feedback for the blog articles from the BIM blog from the Autodesk, which yeah. is in German, uh, from people from all over the world who say, hey, great blog article, even if it's in German. So I think the language, that's really a great thing that the language is getting kind of, uh, you know. It's not a barrier anymore, especially with all these uh, artificial intelligence tool uh, tools uh, coming up and uh, competing uh, with each other. But I still think it would have a, a wider reach if you would go for English as main language. 
it will be more appealing to a larger group of people i would say yeah yeah you don't have subscribers there on uh, on the newsletter in the newsletter i have followers so i have a wordpress blog and i have uh, flo- uh, followers uh, who get notifications honestly i don't know i will it's, check it's and okay. let you know <laughs> it's okay <laughs> i know on youtube i have almost and um, I don't know. But you have a newsletter, right? I just launched it. I have 23 lucky subscribers. <laughs> I, I just think 24 one. because I just... Oh, you just signed up. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> High five. <laughs> now let's talk a bit about Beam. I would like to have another episode where we can talk more about uh, the content creation part. When both of us get a bit more consistent <laughs> with this, <laughs> it would be nicer. And now, but before that, you said something interesting that people are more willing to watch than read tutorials and guides. That's interesting. And I'm telling you something I I completely agree. Like I love watching, like if I want to go through a course, I will not do it through a book or a PDF or something. Like it's good to have, like it's much more enjoying going through the video and much more appealing, right? At the same time, if I have something that is very deep, that very strict, like uh, and very complex, I prefer to see it as a text. That's true that it's much easier to consume the video content. And that's why the, all these video platforms have exploded. And yeah, it makes sense. But it, it's a bit uh, interesting that also for our industry or a niche, if you can call it like that, it's interesting because uh, like if I do a course, it's okay. But if I want to follow some steps, like I said, I always end up actually trying to compile like a summary of those steps into a, in not a document, but in a something, in a tool and to follow step by step, you know, watching videos, it's much more enjoying. And sometimes when you do courses, you might just watch the entire course, not doing anything, just like a movie and then trying to do it yeah. and maybe taking some notes and so on. Yes, Beam now. You said something about IFC 4.3. What is IFC 4.3? What's happening here? What is, why is important? Yeah, so IFC 4.3 is the brand new IFC schema. Um, it's not an official ISO standard yet, but should be in the next week. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You, you said something really important now. I'm not aware about that. Do you know this? from some from good sources like is this really true is, <laughs> is this something official or <laughs> never trust me when i talk about the future you know i heard it from some people who are engaged in the building smart circles and actually if you look at the, the building smart website where you can see all the ic schemas you can see uh, what the current status and IFC 4.3 has been in that under ISO voting for a while now. And um, actually it was, I think, scheduled to be released as an ISO standard last year, but now it, it should be soon. Let's say it should be soon because the Building Smart is also already working on IFC 4.4. So they are already moving further with the, the development. And um, basically the great thing about IFC 4.3 is that it has now classes for the infrastructure. So you have the classes for the bridge, the tunnel, not... That's why I'm waiting for 4.4. <laughs> this is the drama of my life. Now I need 4.4 to to use it on my project yeah but but i think it's quite um exciting and uh, i did also a, a video about you know what's 4.3 and for me it was also interesting because i'm a, i'm an architect and you know i was i thought okay it's now just about the classes that's quite easy to comprehend okay you know railroad they do need their own classes but it's also about the ifc alignment because um, in buildings we work with the xyz coordinates 
if you plan a road or a tunnel, you have that um, IC alignment or the alignment line in every software you're working and everything is referenced to the alignment. And that makes sense because those structures are some are often very long, large, much longer than a building is high, you know? So that's really quite exciting to see how that will be also implemented. Even if I need 4.4 for, uh, for tunnels, but uh, still uh, this new concept, this new uh, everything that is directed towards infrastructure, it, it would be very helpful, of course. Uh, but there is also another aspect here, which is it's one thing for this to become a, an official, official standard. And it's another thing to actually see this implemented on projects, by clients, in requirements and uh, by the software providers, right? So I think it's, it will still be some time until uh, we will get uh, to see this wider used. If I'm not mistaken, Revit supports already this, even if it's not official. The latest version of Revit supports this, right? Yeah, it supports so already Revit 2023 with the latest FC update supports um, experimental at C4.3, yeah. which means it can also export and read uh, IFC 4.3 files if you uh, link them. Yeah. So I had already a couple of discussions where people tried to open IFC 4.3 files inside of Revit yeah. and that didn't work. It's because we work now on the link feature and you can link them, reference them, but you can't open them. So uh, that's also important to keep in mind. You know uh, what you said before, it will take a time, uh, a while until it's really being used. It, it's also still valid for IFC 4. So I still have a lot of conversations with Revit users, with um, people who have um, issues with IFC 2.3, especially around coordinates, you know, because with IFC 4, we now have the possibility to export the coordinates in a more flexible way. And when I tell them, please use IFC 4, then they say, no, but we need to use IFC 2.3. And that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, this is something that I really hope building smart will get done better this time the certification process i really hope it will not another debacle like uh, with certification for ifc4 which is i think this is the main reason why ifc4 is still not used over ifc2 x3 there is some push for ifc4 and uh, once we get ifc4.3 this is like I feel that it's that the same feeling uh, with like uh, software like uh, Windows 8 or something like that, you know, there are these debacles in versions that nobody uses, uh, but they, they are, uh, they are, they are happening. Uh, you cannot do anything. I just hope, and I really hope uh, that, uh, or uh, Windows Vista, uh, I, there are these uh, versions who, uh, yeah, nobody uses, but um, I don't recall who said that, but I think Building Smart has a bit more focus on this. And this is very important to get these certifications, certificate thing process right, make it easier for everyone to jump on board, because that's why after that is going to be much easier for everyone to embrace it, right? But it's still good. It's very positive to see that we get this from Revit. I think there is also Quadri software from Trimble, who is also already supporting IFC for point three this is positive just that i hope to execute well on this and to get this popular for everyone and yeah uh, regarding isc4 until 4.3 it will become official but then it's going to be interesting right because yeah you can you don't have the softwares that's the export so you still need to stick to four or yeah so there are a lot of IFC viewers still struggling with IFC 4.3 now 
like Solibri. Solibri is not uh, officially supporting IFC4. Like, it's not just an IFC viewer. It's a like, huge platform, right? Very popular platform. But I think everyone is waiting until it's a really an ISO standard to really start implementing. I hope it won't take too long now once we have the ISO standard stamp on it that uh, everyone will jump on it. And I mean, there is that ODA, the Open IFC viewer, which not so many are maybe using because it hasn't been that present, but it's really super fast and it also supports the latest IFC 4.3. So they are really very fast with that. Yeah, I will try to find out a bit from Building Smart actually what is the what is the plan for this, but I really hope they have a, a better plan for the implementation of the certification. Like two years or how long it takes now, it's it's not something feasible. It's a big uh, barrier. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I agree. Maybe one thing to add, the good thing is that when we have a support in Revit, so we have that Revit ISD extension. Um, the same one updates also Nevisworks and the same engine is used also in the cloud. So it means you also have 4.3 support in the latest Nevisworks, Nevisworks 2024, and also in the Autodesk um, cloud. So when you upload an ISD 4.3 model, you should be able to see everything. Yeah, okay. So we covered IFC. What else? Uh, what else do you think? Else? Nobody wants to talk with to me about anything than IFC. You know, it's it's an issue with my really? personal brand. Yeah, everyone. No matter. I was at a customer event last week, and you know, I wanted actually to talk about Forma. Nobody was interested. Please talk about Forma. <laughs> Indulge me and talk about Forma then. I I will <laughs> I will allow you to do that. Now I feel like you're doing me a favor. So hopefully we will have another great IFC session at the, the Autodesk University. I submitted a proposal with some of my colleagues and I see Jedi's at Autodesk. So we might be able to talk there a little bit more about IFC and the newest development because there is a lot happening. Yeah, Forma. So uh, Forma was released last week and we did have a kind of an um, launch event, which which was actually more like a conversation about the role of the AI for architects. I don't know if you have seen it. There is so much. So there is so much to watch these days, so many webinars and so on. But uh, today there is also another webinar taking place uh, from the Forma team where really the features will also be presented and so on. And if you would ask me to simply explain Forma, it's basically at the moment in its first version, it's kind of a mix of out of SpaceMaker and Formit. So if you used uh, the SpaceMaker tool um, in the past, it's actually meant for project development. So very early design stages where you are trying to figure out in a city or on a building lot how the buildings could look like and how could they be placed and so on and uh, what all the space maker already offered you was a kind of um, a series of real-time analysis which would give you feedback about uh, the sun conditions uh, noise and so on. So you were able to assess the project in a very early design stage and also have a tool to flexibly work with in the cloud. So it's a cloud-based uh, tool. And Formit, I don't know if many of you are using Formit. So Formit has always been kind of a nice product, but not so widely used because it was a kind of a catch-up from the Autodesk, but with other features. Um, and obviously since SketchUp has a huge uh, library and user base. It was also always a little bit disregarded, but now it has been um, made or 
some of its functionalities have been uh, made part of Forma platform. So basically now you can, what you couldn't do in SpaceMaker was sketch the buildings and then change the shape and make it a little bit um, more creative. And now you can do that with Forma. And um, the vision of Forma is actually to create a kind of an, a platform for the whole uh, AC industry to be able to work with the data and not with data and not with files, you know, but really with the data and to access the data flexibly from all the systems and all the software you are using. So I think the vision itself is super exciting. And yeah, um, yeah I think it makes really sense to have a look at it. And one last remark, maybe why it really absolutely makes sense to look at it is SpaceMaker. If you had a look at it, it was, or it is a product uh, that the Autodesk uh, also acquired like one or two years ago and um, it needed to be purchased uh, separately and Forma is now part of the AC collection so if you have the AC collection you have the full access Forma. Okay I see I see yes that's interesting so I thought that this is going to be what I try to understand now how how does Revit fit into this uh, how is this thought uh, to be to roll out like will Revit be always the partner of Forma or is uh, like Forma should overtake Revit and eat it as it does with uh, for, with uh, what was uh, the name of uh, with Formit with Formit basically now you start your design Forma and then uh, when you reach a certain stage where you say okay I need to go to Revit you can simply send it to Revit that mm -hmm. was already possible in SpaceMaker as well so you simply send your design to Revit at the current state and then in Revit you start working with the model changing it detailing it and so on ah, okay so is not meant to replace it the vision the long-term vision is that Forma will be able to do everything so it will be the cloud tool that can do everything but you know i think the road is is long uh, when you have a look at what we need inside of revit the whole detailing and so on i think that's really a wrong a long way and it will uh, take a while until we really have everything we need in the cloud but i think the future actually is that there will be tools in the cloud which we will be able to use and uh, which will slowly replace all the desktop products we have now but you know it's it, it, it's going to be a long time. The future looks, these are important news. I'm really looking forward to have a look at it. So you say that this is not a separate product anymore. It's included in the Autodesk Cloud Collection. AC Collection. It's the AC Collection, yeah. Yeah, it's not the common data environment. Not the construction cloud. I think you meant the construction cloud. I don't know. It's yeah, it's the AC collection, which usually everyone has. If you have Revit and the AutoCAD or another product, then it already makes sense to have the whole collection because then you, you get... To offset the price. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we'll uh, wrap it up here for now, but we will definitely, if you uh, like and will accept this, I'm really looking forward to have other uh, chats as well in the future. Absolutely. Let's do this more often. It was a pleasure again, like every time. <laughs> Thank you for accepting the invitation and uh, joining me.